I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Still feeling it. The nap has set in. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I wish I got a nap. My my son got a nap. I should have took a nap the, the same time my son took one. But it's like when you have the toddlers of the world, you have this choice. And <laughs> when, this, when your child goes to sleep, you have a choice of, man, should I get a nap in? Or now's the time to actually get crap done. And so I chose to get crap done. But, man... Another Thanksgiving in the books. What did what what did you eat that you remember the most? What 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 did I eat that I will remember the most? Man, I had a really good apple pie today. I just had a really good piece of apple pie, and it just it just okay. hit the it hit the spot. Are you a hot apple pie guy or a lukewarm apple pie or cold apple pie? No, see, I, I'm cold on all of my pies. I. This is one of the things I thought it was a hotter take when I tweeted it out. I quoted one of those things that you see on social media, like, what's your opinion or your... You're part of the problem. (laughs) I am. (laughs) And I said, like, cold pumpkin pie is my favorite dessert. And because, like, my dad grew up... My dad loves hot pumpkin pie. As soon as it's done, he loves it. And I've met other people like it that way. And so I'm, like, the only person I know personally that loves cold pumpkin pie. So I've been thinking, I'm like, dang, I don't know. Is there a lot of people out there? So I don't know. Let me know. If you like cold pie, holla. Me. I do. I love cold pie. Okay, see, you're hollering at me. I love cold pie. I've I've never heated up an apple pie. That just sounds weird to me, personally. That's just where my taste buds lie. But Interesting. Yeah. Also, I love the... I love the after Thanksgiving turkey leftover sandwich. You just, I mean, it's the simplest thing. You get bread or whatever roll. Maybe if you have Hawaiian rolls left, those are the best. You get yeah. a roll, put some turkey on it, just a little mayo, and then some pepper. And it's just, it's it's what I've done my entire life growing up. And so I love it. It reminds me of my, my family. And uh, that was probably the best thing I had afterwards. You're just watching football or watching a movie or something and hanging out, eating leftover turkey. That's what's up. That's what the holidays are all about. Yeah, you you got done. We ate Thanksgiving uh, for lunch uh, today. We're, we're obviously recording this on Thanksgiving night, and um, we ate Thanksgiving for lunch with some friends who invited us over. It, it's kind of weird weird for us because my wife is obviously Brazilian. I've talked about that before, and so she didn't like grow up with Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving wasn't like a thing, really. So, and I don't, I didn't grow up with like a huge family. So you mean they didn't have pilgrims in Brazil? <laughs> Um, so, but anyway, we went to some friend's house, had fun and stuff and came back home. I'm like, Hey, let's sit down and watch uh, the Cowboys. And so, yeah, we got to see Dax MVP, you know, campaign continue. Pay the because, man. <laughs> yeah. So oh, shout out man. to, uh, everybody who thought Dak Prescott is a top three MVP. Candidate. Oh, come so. on. Don't, don't hit them while they're down. Don't hit them while they're down. Oh, okay. I'm that was sorry. that's a rough one. I, I I watched about half that game, and that was that was just rough. So, all right, on the podcast today, we're actually going to get to real Mavericks, real NBA stuff. We want to talk a little bit about 
the ske- some of the schedule changes that were suggested. We haven't gotten a chance on the podcast to, to talk about them and discuss them. The midseason tournament, the reseeding of the you know the teams at the uh, the last the reseeding of the semifinals teams. It's weird how they word it because right yeah. now we're wording it. You have conference finalists, and but they they call them semifinalists, which is we have conference semifinalists now. <laughs> so it's just weird wording it, but. We'll talk about that a little bit. We also want to preview this Phoenix Suns game coming up tonight because it's going to be an interesting game, a bounce back game. Hopefully, uh, literally, Luca tweeted out "bounce back," and that's what he wants. That's what the team needs to do after that game against the Clippers. And uh, they're, this Phoenix Suns team is no joke right now. So we will uh, talk about that. Isaac, how are you feeling about this Dallas Mavericks team? Let's just start there. Oh, nothing's changed. You know, I was texting with a guy today about it, and like, man, they kind of asked the same thing. Like, how are you feeling right now? I'm like, honestly, no opinion changed after the Clippers game. I walked out of it. I mean, I was bummed they lost by as much as they did, and I was bummed that Luka got frustrated. I think it makes you think about some uh, bigger questions as far as title stuff, <clears throat> what that might look like in the future, but... Even, I mean, we're homers biased, or at least I am a lot of times on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm, I still haven't sat here on this podcast and said that, man, Mavericks are winning the title this year. Mark it down. I've been pretty realistic with saying, all right, hey, I think we're a playoff team, but I don't think we're on the Clippers level just yet. I think we're good. Um, I think the Clippers are amazing. And so I, I didn't walk away. I'm not down or anything. I want to see how they respond. I think that's uh, really cool, you know, see how – you know, Luca talking about the bounce back thing. They had a day. Uh, they practiced on Wednesday uh, because you know everybody had Thursday off on Thanksgiving, so that was really cool. But they they practiced on Wednesday. They flew out for Phoenix uh, on Thanksgiving afternoon. I think four or five somewhere through there. But flew out you know for Phoenix then, and yeah, they they get a little bit of rest there. What I'm trying to say with that, so. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see how they bounce back. Phoenix played, uh, I think, on Wednesday night at home. Uh, or, yeah, Wednesday night at home. So they've been home for a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm i fi- fine. Everything with this Mavericks team that we were thinking before, then nothing has changed since the Clippers lost. Yeah, a couple people brought up, you know, that how, uh, you know, frustrated they were about this game and, you know, things like that and how um, – Maybe things have changed. People have reset their expectations, but I, I feel like we're you know we're in the same spot. And Luca's leaving the leaving the building before talking to the media. Some people I think kind of took that out of proportion. He's done that before. He's done that with who, Win. He's done who that. Who gives a crap? I, yeah. I mean, I, cool. Like I mean, I know it doesn't help our, our jobs as media when we're there, but like if he's that pissed where he doesn't want to talk to media and he's that mad, okay, cool. Like I'm not. I don't take that as a. I mean. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Yeah, who I, I I do not take that as a he's a coward. I don't take that as he is, you know, not facing up. Somebody said he's not facing up to his losses, facing up to his defeat. That's just that's not what Did you did y'all watch last year? I mean, <laughs> that's not what this 33 is. games. Luca is just we've talked about this a lot. Luca is just not a person that loves talking to the media. Kristaps Porzingis is. They're just very different in that way. And Luca doesn't express himself by talking to the media or express his, you know, concerns or anything he likes to go and figure things out himself and maybe that's something down the road that they'll have to work on when they get deeper in the playoffs and they have a tough loss and you know maybe he'll have to rally around his team a little bit more in moments like that but that's not something that we have to worry about right now so if you were at all worried about that 
And I don't think you should be worried about it. And somebody mentioned, I'd like to see him do that in a win. He's done that in a win. He's he's left before. We, we, we mentioned, I feel like, on this podcast how, you know, oh, Luca didn't stay and talk to the media. It happens. I mean, he, he likes to, he tries to duck out when he can. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, I can't even, there's so much stuff that happens after the game that it's not a requirement. It's something, you know, they ask of them, they want them to do, but yeah, there's different times where somebody famous is there. I mean, yeah, I was talking about Post Malone was outside the game not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, Luca, I think Luca, well, that he was getting x ray or something that night, but yeah, sometimes if they're getting x-rays or sometimes they're meeting up with somebody after the game that's there yeah. to visit them, it's not that big of a deal if they don't talk to the media. Yep, yep, completely. All right, coming up, let's get into this Phoenix Suns game. Let's start with that first because it's coming up, and you don't want to call it a trap game, but this is definitely some, a game that the Mavericks shouldn't take lightly. So let's talk about that coming up next. All right, Isaac, let's get into this Phoenix Suns game. So right now the Phoenix Suns are 8-9. and nine. They had a hot start and they are 1-5 in five in their last six games, which is, you know, not great. Uh, they just lost the Washington Wizards, who are who are scrappier and better than we expected coming into the season. The Wizards and the, and the Hornets are both scrappier and better than we kind of expected coming into the season. They've both won, I think, six games. So, But the Phoenix Suns, they just lost them. They lost at the Nuggets. They lost against the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Celtics. And the, their only win in the last six was at the Timberwolves. Uh, this team is different than last year. In in five of those games, they didn't have Aaron Baines. And Aaron Baines is so important for this team. When they don't have Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky is their starting center. And he's been decent off the bench. But as a starter, that's that's not what you want. <laughs> you're, you're not going too far with Frank Kaminsky as your starting center. So Aaron Baines is expected back in this game against the Mavericks as far as we know. And that's Probably going to be a problem for the Mavericks. Yeah. Did you mention DeAndre Ayton? Just a reminder, he's out. True. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton played the first game, uh, but he's still out with that suspension. Remember, he got the the PED suspension for the diuretic, which is the the masking agent for for PEDs. So. Yeah, know. which is kind of a, I mean, a bummer for Suns fans because if you're if you're a Suns fan, you're wanting DeAndre Ayton to show out against the Mavericks and against Luka. Yeah. And now, you know, the guy that you took over Luka is out for a suspension, and Luka's probably going to come in there and drop about 35 and just remind you up close again the player you should have t- taken. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at the box score for last game against Washington. Uh, Frank Kaminsky started at center, played 15 minutes, and had zero points. In 15 minutes. And that's what he does, right? Like, if you'd say, what's the thing Kaminsky does? He can score, he can shoot. <laughs> he didn't didn't do those things. Exactly. And But, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the makeup of the team a little bit. Me too. I, I like the – I like when fringe, young um, play – I don't even say not, they're not a fringe playoff team. I like when up-and-coming young teams like the Suns bring in a vet point guard to kind of just – run the system and they did that with Ricky Rubio and it seems like it's working so far now I'm not gonna sit there and act like I'm a Suns expert I haven't watched a ton of their games this year but I know Cam Johnson is hitting threes for them and I'm super <laughs> happy for that uh is that a, yeah that that was a steal that was a steal at his position is that it's hard to say that was a steal because they reached kind of high for him but <laughs> he's an incredible shooter so uh I really do like him I love, love Mikel Bridges too both those guys off the bench but everything starts you know, with the Suns, with Devin Booker. And Booker has torched the Mavericks before. Uh, this should be a good, 
you know, back and forth between Luca and Booker. And I would assume just like Kawhi, Harden, and these other guys that you're going to see Dorian Finney-Smith take on that assignment. Yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith or, you know, we could see a DeLon Wright situation. Devin Booker is is kind of what makes this team run. And then, you know, Ricky Rubio running pick and rolls with Aaron Baines and that kind of thing. But Devin Booker, they start it with him. He can start the offense from anywhere on the floor, really. Uh, but mostly in the half court. You don't see a lot of him bringing the ball up himself. He's not like a point guard himself. But he likes to post up, and in, out of his post-ups, he can kick out. He can, you know, uh, take guys in the post if he's bigger than them. He can do all the turnaround jumpers that you want in the post. He can get you off the drive. He can pull up for sure. He's, you know, obviously a great shooter. Uh, he's only taking five threes a game this year, which is kind of surprising to me because – you think, you know, when you think of Booker, the first thing you think of is shooting and hitting threes, and he just doesn't take as much as, you know, obviously Luca is taking, what, like 11, 12? <laughs> He's like taking a ton um, per game. But, yeah, it, it rises and falls basically with Devin Booker. Uh, but Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines kind of raise the floor of this team. Yeah, they do. And I want to see how Dallas matches up with them because I think uh, Saric is a um, – is a good type of four for Porzingis to guard because I think you you'll definitely see um, Maxi or Dwight start, or there is a small possibility that Rick Carlisle starts Boban. Ooh, to to go against Aaron Baines. The thing about Aaron Baines though is he's taking four threes a game. He is. He <laughs> so stretches out. So he stretches yeah. them out. <clears throat> but I want to see. Yeah, would you say Dwight starts? Probably. Sadly. And see Baines. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll be Maxi, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd prefer Maxi, but we'll probably see Dwight start and try to uh, hold Aaron Baines off the glass. But I think Porzingis can can guard Saric. I want to see if Phoenix puts Kelly Oubre like a type, like a Kelly Oubre type on. Do they put him on Luca? Do you think? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's going to be the question. I, I guess you put him on Luca. Maybe you just stick with Ricky Rubio. That's probably your best, you know, guard defender. Because I, w- I want to see who they put against Porzingis. If it is a Saric or if they put like a Rubio against uh, Luca, could they could they put a Kelly Oubre on Porzingis and try to pull that whole small smaller guy? Try to get up in him like the Clippers did with Mo Harkless, but. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this game. I'm a little bit scared because you have the LA game coming on Sunday. LeBron, Staples, all of that. You know, you're obviously looking forward to that game, considering what happened last time to the stage of that game. And you don't want this to be the trap game. You don't want it to be the overlooked game. You know, coming off the holiday, it's like, all right, let's, we got this one game at Phoenix, and then we're flying out to LA that night. I don't think they will, but I'm curious to just see how Dallas responds after that Clippers loss. Yeah, that's what's going to be fascinating. How do they come out of the gate? Do they change anything rotation wise? Do they change anything, you know, starter wise? Do they try something different? Uh, are they still just going with the matchup base for this team, or do they, you know, fundamentally change what they do? Does someone get more minutes than we expect? Maybe do they bring Jalen Brunson in more? Does this where JJ Barea gets an, you know another run? We see him used in the lineup more. Uh, those are things that I'm really looking forward to in this game because I think we're gonna we we might see some tides shifting <laughs> for the Mavericks and for players in this game. You know, starting with this game at least, we may not know exactly what they are during this game, but we might be able to see them shift after that that loss to the Clippers. But 
but we'll see. It could all just be business as usual and, and stay with, you know, the guys that have been playing. But um, So the things that maybe I'm scared of in this game, Aaron Baines hitting threes. <laughs> he's hitting 44% of his threes right now in 12 games, and he's taking over four a game. He's taking the same amount of threes as Kelly Oubre is, which is wild. Dang. <laughs> which is great. And the same as Dario Saric. And only one less than Booker is per game. It's crazy how he was shooting like 50% for a while. Uh, but he is he's so important to them. So when he plays their 7 and 5 and he doesn't play um their 1 and 4. <laughs> wow. It's, he's very important to them. So that's super important the, the way they stretch out the floor now with Baines, Saric, Ubre, Booker and then Rubio can just handle the ball and they can, you know, stretch out the floor for him. You know, the guys off the bench, Kaminsky, Cam Johnson, um, Tyler Johnson as well, uh, Mikhail Bridges. We might see a Czech Diallo. Remember when that was a thing? Remember Czech Diallo? Yeah. That, was, that was supposed to be a thing. Um, we've seen Javon Carter a bunch this season for them. So interesting matchups. I think the Mavericks bench is going to be huge in this game because I think they're going to be able to take the Suns bench pretty easily. And uh, I think that's where they're going to have a big advantage. And then let's see how Luka responds. How does Luka respond to getting pretty pretty much punched in the mouth against the Clippers when he's not going to really have anybody that he's super worried about guarding him? Now, for both sides, for him and Porzingis, uh, there's not, you know, both of them, you know, they don't have two guys that's matching them against them that you're saying, all right, well, one of those guys can be taken out. Both of Porzingis and Luka should walk away with this game of, over 20 points each. Yeah. Luca over 30. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Over 20 points was when he got hit in the mouth against the Clippers 22, and it was disappointment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The, the Suns also, they run pre- – they're, they're pretty fast. They're ninth in the NBA in pace right now. Uh, and so that's something to definitely look for. They, they score almost as well as the Mavericks. They're eighth in the NBA in offensive rating, 15th in defensive rating. And I think that goes up when Baines plays. So, Definitely an interesting game to watch. Should be a fun game. Uh, they should get up and down. And they should score a ton in this game. So definitely something to watch. Anything else from this game? <clears throat> Nothing from this game, but can I tell my annual Thanksgiving Rick Carlisle story? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then take us a break. All right. So this happened, I want to say four years ago. It was my first time really um, credential covering the team. I'd only talk to Rick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's Thanksgiving, so just a couple months into the season. And I, w- I enjoyed doing like off-the-court stories at that point. And I've told this story before, so if you've heard it and you're an OG, go go past it. But So I'm in the media scrum outside the locker room. Uh, the old locker room was there, not even the new cool one. But <laughs> Rick's talking. It's the day before Thanksgiving. And trying to be nice, trying to be like, you know what? I'm going to ask like a non-basketball question. He, a little lighthearted. He might appreciate it. I say, hey, Rick. Uh, Spoiler alert. He did not. <laughs> he did not. Rick, do you, got any, do you have any uh, Thanksgiving plans, you know, over the next uh, day or so? And everybody's, everybody's just sitting there. And he looks at me in front of everybody and goes, who is this guy? Who is this? Who is this guy right here? He's like, Thanksgiving plans? I'm just worrying about winning a basketball game. Not any, anything for Thanksgiving. And he just sits there, and everybody's just dead silent. And I'm like, holy crap, why did you do that to me? And the media scrum ends. I'm walking away. This reporter, 
uh, walks up to me and puts his hand over my shoulder. He's like, well, you've made it. You've been humiliated <laughs> by Rick. And here's the thing about it. This is when we had Nico Bersino. And so I guess it might have been three years, whenever it was. Here's the thing about it. He had a cool story on Thanksgiving, and that pissed me off. Because the next day, he invited <laughs> Nico Bersino to his house. Somebody else wrote a story on it about how he had Bersino <coughs> at his house for Thanksgiving and all this different stuff because he didn't have family in town. I'm like, that's the stuff I was asking about. And so anyway, that's I was more frustrated after the fact. So <laughs> every time Mavs and Thanksgiving comes up, I constantly think back to uh, one of my first experiences with Rick Carlisle. So yeah, there you go. And... After the break, hear how. Dang, I don't even know what you want to talk about next because we have like two different topics. Just hit any of them. Just say something that will keep people in their cars. All right, after the break, let's talk about if the Mavericks realistically have a shot at bringing in a finals MVP. Oh. All right, Isaac, well put, well put. How could the Mavericks potentially bring in a Finals MVP? Let me guess. Is it Durant? Is it Ooh. is it Curry? No. Is Chauncey hurt. Billups coming back? He might be better. <laughs> no, he's not coming back. All right. So people have been mentioning Andre Iguodala's name a lot, and uh, two <laughs> recently, two Mavs media people got in a Twitter argument about it, and so we decided we wanted to talk about it. Andre Iguodala. Well, we're talking about it because Brian Windhorst talked about it, and that's that's the main reason. <laughs> Mavs Twitter have been we've Mavs Twitter has been talking about it for a while. We've addressed this on this podcast multiple times over the past months uh, since Iguodala got traded to to Memphis. We started talking about it and brainstorming ideas, and so people once Windhorst said this on ESPN a few days ago that he could see Dallas as a, a big-time player in this Iguodala trade market, then people start tweeting at us and stuff. I'm like, all right, Nick, we at least got to mention it again. And so here we are again that we'll mention it for a few minutes. That's true. To be completely honest, I did not see Winhorn say that. So when you were saying that earlier, I had no idea what you were talking about, but I just looked it up. So have <laughs> been in and out of the Twitter sphere over the last couple of days. Yes, you have. All right, so... Brian Winner said the Mavericks, you know, watch out for them. This always happens, by the way. This yeah. always happens. It seems to happen with the Mavericks a lot. And but it, it happens to every team, I think, that just when somebody is available or when someone is out there as potentially being available, someone always comes out and says, you know, watch it. You know, honestly, you do this with sneakers and stuff. Watch out for Puma. Watch out for this. Like, watch out for this. And sometimes reporters and stuff will say that because they have some information on the topic. And so they just want to throw out a name because if it's right, then, hey, you come back and Isaac can say, hey, watch out. You know, I've been saying, watch out. I've been saying, watch out out for it. Uh, And so Brian Windhorst is kind of doing this as, as well. And we know Windhorst, he's so worried about aggregators that he wouldn't say something without actually having something behind it, I think. And yeah. so this could be coming from either camp. It could be coming from the Mavericks camp, which if they don't have interest in Andre Iguodala, then they're stupid. <laughs> I think they should really have interest in him. He would yeah. fit this team pretty well. He would bring something to the table that the Mavericks really need in a perimeter defender, uh, a playmaker, and a you know a veteran that's freaking won a finals MVP. I mean, that's that's huge for this team. So on paper, they would make perfect sense you know, for the Mavericks. But on his side, I just don't see it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he has a choice, though. 
That I mean, from his side, he he wants the buyout. I mean, ever since he got traded to Memphis, Golden State traded him there as a salary dump. They attached a first round pick to say to Memphis, say, hey, take Iguodala's money so they could basically sign D'Angelo Russell and all that stuff, make that happen. But he never wanted to play in Memphis, and rightfully so, but he wants the buyout. He probably wants to join one of the LA teams. N- numerous people talked about that and reported that. And But Memphis, as they should, that mo- and mo- more teams should do this if you're Memphis, has sat back and said, no, we can get something for you. I'm not going to buy you out and let you just walk to LA when we can trade you somewhere and get something for you. And I, that's the smart move, and they're going to get something for him. They should. And when you look at teams who could offer something, Dallas is right there. When you, it fits the bill of who, what's a team that should be a playoff team that's fighting for that, that could use him, that could uh, play him at the end of games, that could start him uh, potentially. So, <clears throat> and yeah, when you look on paper, some people have tried to talk themselves out of this. I've seen on Twitter and some of their tweets to us and stuff. I am 100% all on board with getting Andre Iguodala to Dallas. He, he fits He fits so many of your check marks as far as the veteran, the experience, having a key veteran part of your rotation. A guy that could step in and he could start and finish games, but he doesn't have to play a ton in between that. So you can like keep his minutes down because he is, what, 37 right now, I think? But it's the end of games lineups that if you can roll him out there him and Dorian or him or whoever you want to put out there, he, he just gives you – he is one of those pieces that would fit alongside your, your two duo pieces. He's almost 36. Don't give him another year. Okay, sorry, sorry. Also, he's been sitting out too for a while. Yeah, I get that. But would you do you want to give up any kind of assets for a guy that you might only have for the rest of the season just like just for the one year? I mean, it just depends on what type of assets. So what type of assets would it take to get – Andre Iguodala then because the well, Mavericks I mean, don't like, have they don't have first to give. Well, Windhorse threw out there why Dallas, not just motives wise, but they he threw out there saying, Hey, they have the Courtney Lee contract, the expiring twelve million dollar deal if they attached a second round pick to that or two seconds to that for for Iguodala, Memphis would basically probably get Courtney Lee and buy Courtney Lee out at that point, and then Courtney Lee would walk to an LA team or a contending team and he would help out one of those teams probably. But they would basically be trading Iguodala for a couple second rounders. And if I'm Dallas, then I think the one that's bringing, <clears throat> making some people hesitant is that Golden State second rounder for next year. Yeah. Because right now, Golden State is so first bad. Round pick. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be you know in the early, early 30s, one of the first picks of the second round. And all of a sudden, you're looking at Dallas's pick in the, what, 20s at that point? And, or wherever it lands. And so... <sighs> Some people is looking at it and saying, "All right, well, we got Brunson in the second round at that like thirty, you know, thirty third pick. This is going to be a pick right around there. We could get another Brunson." I'm, I'm just saying, I'm willing to give that up to get Andre Iguodala. You'd give up the chance for a young talent like that for an Andre Iguodala for maybe just one year. Uh huh. And would, yeah. If the- we got if we got Andre Iguodala, and I know he's fully healthy. And uh, which you know they're gonna work around you're, that minute stuff and all. You're that saying stuff. hypothetically if he's if you know he's fully healthy, not that you have information that he's fully healthy. Yes, yeah, hypothetically, I say if he's fully healthy, you get him in there, and you have your type of rotation minute thing, and he's closing these games and stuff. I think that that just that addition alone 
in my opinion, would give them better odds of reaching another round in the playoffs. And the further we can get Luka in the playoffs this season, then I think it does wonders for him moving forward. I agree. And with, I'm, I'm I, willing I, to sacrifice a second round or two for that. I agree with that for sure. I'm not sure if Andre Iguodala does that. I think he does. I just I don't know how much he has left in the tank. I don't know how much you're actually going to be playing him. I like the veteran presence. I like bringing in you know a veteran guy like that, potentially a defender. I'm just not sure how much he has left in the. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was pretty washed, to be honest. He wasn't that washed. Don't don't even. He he is not that. He, no, no no. Okay. All right, if we bring him in and... and <laughs> Dallas has... The thing is, Dallas has the wings that can offset... Like, Dallas has the wings that you could bring Iguodala in and say, hey, give us a good, like, 20 minutes a night. And then we'll spread the other minutes out with, with Dorian and the other guys. And, you know, you start him, you play some spot minutes in the middle of the game, but he's playing those closing, you know, six to seven minutes in the fourth quarter. That's when you want Andre Iguodala in the most. That's where he's the most valuable. And... That's the same thing happens. Hey, manage the minutes, and you, when you hit the playoffs, then you can up those minutes. I just, I've been on this before, but having a veteran, that veteran NBA experience, not just what I want to say, actual age, because we went down the whole route before of like how we have older players on the team, but not actual NBA experience, older players. But having a guy like that, I think, does wonders for Porzingis, Luca, and the young guys. I agree it could. I agree it could. I don't know if I want to give up the Warriors pick for that, the Warriors second-round pick, because that could be you know another Jalen Brunson type. Yeah, and but it could also be A.J. Hammonds. Well, A.J. Hammond was like the 55th pick, so it's a little, little different. True, but I, I'm sure we can go through Dallas second-rounders and <laughs> see how many of them actually even play in the how league. How dare but. you? How dare you suggest the Mavericks aren't good at drafting? Andre Godala also 31% from three the last two years. Not really. And, I mean, that doesn't really solve the, the Dorian problem. Okay, well, the Warriors won titles with him. So. Yeah, the Warriors also had two of the best shooters of all time and then brought in the third. I get that, but I'm just saying, I mean, we can't sit back and say, okay, he shoots 31%, therefore he can't contribute to winning at a high level. He's also going to be 36. <laughs> I mean, there's there's other reasons why, but... Yeah. Hey, you just want him on the Lakers. Gosh, why does the Lakers fan host? <laughs> oh man, he would help. I'm just the kidding, Lakers. guys. He would help both just teams. Kidding. He would help both teams for sure. I'm not saying he wouldn't help. I'm just I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I'm just, I'm just like throwing out the things why Mavericks wouldn't want to bring him in. And well, you know you- what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? He's not going to get traded somewhere. He's going to get bought out. He's going to join the Lakers. Yeah, he's going to help him win a playoff series. And I'm going to I'm going to be asking you every single podcast. Like, Did you see that big play Iguodala made last night? I'm not wow. saying he's-, <laughs> he's not. Is he washed? Wow. Or when you're hyping it up after he joins the Lakers and you're tweeting out saying, "Oh, watch out now, Rob Palinka. He just added the final missing piece." I'm like, you said he's washed. Hi. <laughs> Asked you, are we sure he's not washed? I didn't say he was washed. Let me sip my water. <laughs> Wash yourself with that water. You be, you are washed. <laughs> now we can't even talk about schedule stuff. We're already I know we went, we argued too much about the Andre Godal thing, but hey, I have some honestly, hot takes about the schedule stuff. By the way, so I'm <laughs> I'm ready to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this because some of the stuff is just straight trash. But <laughs> that's funny. It's we'll also all just pod. suggestions, but also don't get it twisted. I'm not 
I'm not against bringing in Andrea Godal. I'm just questioning how much do you want to give up for a guy like that that might not want to be there and won't be there for longer than a year maybe and you know just that's just I'm just throwing out the caution. Just that's what I'll own. Yeah, and I don't I'm not for sure that you have to give up that Warriors second rounder either. I think it can be like two future second rounders, whatever it is. I think obviously if you're Dallas, you want to hold on to that second that Warriors second rounder. It could help you get something else, but uh, I I don't think that that's a deal breaker by any means. I think it could still happen with the league contract and two future seconds or whatever it is. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm for the the two future second seconds. I'm totally for. Okay, yeah, do it, hundred percent all day. And I would love, I would just love to cover him in Dallas all the time too. He seems like an awesome guy. Absolutely. And again, another vet. That's a huge thing. You know, him and JJ as the two vets. That's that's an incredible wealth of knowledge to get from those guys. So, yep. All right, guys, we'll be back tonight. I guess doing the post game for the Phoenix Suns game. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Hopefully, if you have to work today, have a great day at work, everyone. Hey, it's Black Friday, so uh, oh my gosh, hats off to everybody that had to work, you know, a, a retail job or something on Black Friday. Hey, shout out to you guys. You did it. You either did it or you're about to do it. I was there with you for years. I managed a sporting oh, yeah. goods store for, for a while, and I'm right there with you, people. I man, my heart goes out to you. Working in retail, you lose faith in all of humanity, and but you're you're doing the Lord's work. Not really, but still, it's uh, my heart goes out to you. But hopefully, this podcast brought you joy, and uh, not to be cliche or get all mushy, but we're super thankful for each and every one of you listening to this podcast all the time. Aww. Nick Nick mentioned this the other day that. Man, yeah, we we've grown five hundred percent over the what the course last year or yeah. something. Um, yeah, just how how we've seen this podcast grow over three years now is absolutely uh, insane, and we couldn't do any of this without you guys all around the world, which is crazy. I was yeah. just talking to Tim McMahon at after the game the other night, and he's like, "Man, is locked." He literally starts our conversation. He said, "Is y'all is y'all's locked on mass podcast still skyrocketing?" Uh, he said, "Because I'm assuming the Luca business uh, is uh, <laughs> is good for business for you guys too." And uh, we we enjoyed uh, laughs about it because that's true. Listeners all around the world that have chimed in wrote us dm'd us and stuff so uh yeah we can't thank you guys enough absolutely guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom